All right. As Stace sips on his uh, Corona, I would like to welcome you back to the Stab Cusp. Um, I'm Michael Saramella, joined, as I just mentioned, by Stace. Uh, how are you going over there, Stace? What time is it what, that you're, you're sipping on a Corona? It's, uh, it's 8.30. Moral of the story there is be good to your grandmother. She'll get you a six-pack of Coronas. God bless her. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying that uh, glass of personality and, uh, yeah, ready to rip in. How you been, mate? What's been going on? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I guess I've had a pretty big life change since we've last spoken. Um, I moved from Costa Rica back to the East Coast of the U.S. where I originally hail from. Um, basically, my girlfriend is going to be going to school up in the Northeast uh, for the next nine months or so. So we relocated and actually living at mom's house right now, believe it or not, at 27. Just had a birthday and back at mom's house. <laughs> wow. So good. Satin's return. Mummy's return. Yeah, that's right. So uh, yeah, I'm actually pretty, I mean, like, you know, the the run of just life in general and waves in particular that I had in Costa Rica over the past two years have been like I can't even fathom it really it's just been incredible but I'm also a little bit excited to get back to my roots in the east coast I haven't spent like a season here in probably like eight years or nine years or so and uh yeah we're already into some surf which is really cool yeah awesome yeah it looks fun out there you've been hanging with um yeah, a bunch of uh, a bunch of the guys that I'm, yeah, I'm quite friendly with. It looks like a good time. And uh, is that the beach that the the CT was at in New York that you guys have all been surfing, or is it not? No, it's it's a bit different. It's not far from there, maybe like a half hour or so. But yeah, pretty much uh, every mainland American professional surfer kind of convened on <laughs> this one beach in New York for the past couple of days, which has been pretty funny. It's been like you know, both Geiselman brothers, Michael Dunphy, Cam Richards, uh, Colin Moran, Jake Kelly, um, freaking, yeah, the list goes on and on, like Tosh Tudor. Yeah, it's, it's really funny just paddling around and seeing all these faces. And yeah, waves weren't that great in the end, but um, I think everyone was just happy to be out and about. Yeah, no, it looks like it, it looks like a good time. Um... Yeah, it's good to see people being able to uh, move move freely. We've been really lucky on the Gold Coast. We can still do that. We had a, an amazing winter and uh, pretty lucky to be able to yeah do that, get out and about. And there's other parts of the country where that would just be forbidden. So yeah, yeah well, but pretty grateful to that. To that point, you have some um, breaking news, don't you? Yeah, um, Australia, from what I can make out, is pretty similar to the US in that the states have control over them. Yeah, I'm I'm not super political, but um, the states have control. It's it's a it's a it's a federation. So um, we have Queensland, New South Wales, and Victoria on the east coast of Australia, um, and um, the Queensland government has been really strict on shutting its borders, which means that the Queensland contest at South Stradbroke Island will only feature Queensland surfers or surfers that can get a Queensland address. So uh, that rules out surfers like Julian Wilson, Owen Wright, Conor O'Leary and Ryan Callan and Morgan Sibilic, I'm sure I'm missing a few. Uh, Philippa Anderson and the girls. 
So yeah, there's um, going to be some opportunities there for some of the local boys. So that's my breaking news. Who are you uh, if you're the WSL? And I guess that they're going to, you know, do it based off of points, which is, you know, equitable, but not necessarily that fun. But if it was up to you and you had to pick like three or four Gold Coast guys to get in the event, who would you go for? Uh, Joel Scott, Penny. Nah, just kidding. Those <laughs> old boys can have a rest. Um, I think um, Liam O'Brien's really hard to go past. Sheldon Simclis. Can't talk to him. What's wrong with me? His corona's having an effect on me. Sheldon Simkus. Um, Cruzy. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that, that's three. I'm, I hope I'm not missing anyone that's glaringly obvious, but those three guys are generally a standout whenever Stratty's good. And look, I don't think we'll get iconic Stratty at this point in the year running an event over there. I'll be very lucky if they do. Uh, funnily enough, the two days that Cabrita were good. Um, certainly the finals day at Cabrita was a really good day at South Stratty and I reckon that was probably the last good day of the year so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes but yeah it's going to open up a few doors there so yeah it's going to be a Queensland Cup Ethan can really run away with it now the, the, the whole the whole series he could fucking walk away with it mm. yeah I don't even know if he's going to have to fucking try <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. before we get into to all the, the Cabrita talk I need to do my fucking spiel. I need to do my Surf 100 spiel because we're going live tomorrow. And, you know, I feel like I was relatively reserved when talking about lowers because I knew that it was lowers and ultimately that wave is just not that engaging. But I'm just going to be a full fanboy on this one because the waves that we got for Surf 100 North Point are fucked up. Like, the local boys are calling it the day of the year. And it's like, you know, we would imagine that that is really good. But what I saw when I freaking clicked into that video to, to do the prejudging stuff is just like unbelievable, man. Like, I, yeah, I can't believe yeah, the, it. Yeah, the, 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 the B-roll clips that are getting sent out now to, you know, to hype it up or, you know, the snippets that you're seeing are just, yeah, they're unbelievable. But, um. You copping a bit of heat online for uh, for being the head judge. Did you want to just reiterate again what that was, what what that's all about and uh, and what it means? Yeah, so I guess there's kind of like two different levels to it. The first is that so because we're giving so much power to the internet, you guys have a hundred percent decision making power over who wins the event. We just want to put a couple of guardrails in place to make sure that there's kind of like no malicious intent. So basically I'm going to set my score and there's going to be 20 points above my score and 20 points below my score that you can move. So basically we're just protecting against somebody going and giving Jack Robinson a hundred for every wave because they're, he's their favorite surfer or going and giving whoever else a zero in every wave because you don't like the way they look or whatever. Um, so but I, I think that 40 points is a pretty big space in which to move. And um, it would be pretty surprising to me if somebody's natural inclination for where a wave should sit is that far off of my score. Um, so yeah, we're not trying to control it at all. We're just trying to mitigate any major, you know, fuck ups. Um, yeah, so that's cool. one level of it. And the and other one is that, yep, good. 
no, I was just going to ask you, was there any other, any other changes um, that came from the first one? Because obviously um, what you guys have done, I, I don't think it's ever been done before. Um, and I thought for the first time around, I, I really, really thought it was, it was pretty good. So um, I know that, that Sam and, and the gang, they listen to, you know, you guys all, all listen to the feedback. Um, Sam penned an article that, had a fair bit of spice in it, I thought. So, yeah, did any um, any other major kind of overhauls come from, from the first event? Yeah, I would say the only major change is that you're not going to have to score kind of the redundant waves, you know, whether it's just a throwaway or if somebody already has two, like, amazing waves and then they get a wave, you know, that's like maybe would be like a two or a three in a normal event, what we'd call a 20 or a 30. Yeah, you're not going to have to score those um, so that, you know, people, we just don't want people to get fatigued of, you know, having to scroll down and type their score in or whatever. But yeah, for the most part, it's, it's all going to be the same structurally. Like we're always going to try to improve in terms of the content that we build around it and, you know, the help that we can give our commentators and stuff like that. But yeah, there, there actually aren't going to be too many fundamental changes, but like you said, we did listen to, you know, a lot of the people who talked about the show and we took a lot of that stuff into consideration. There's a few like little tweaks throughout, but yeah, there's nothing me. Yeah. And on the, on the commentators list, I'm absolutely livid that it's not a West Oz panel, TB, Snake and Binzi. Who is commentating? Refresh me. Yeah. So we've got, uh, we've got Dane Salema and then the, the kind of, you know, guest, the third party is going to be Yaden Nickel, who is, of course, a Western Australia expat now living in the U.S. Um, and yeah, we uh, basically are the production team that we're running with is out of the U.S. So that side of things has to be handled over here. Um, although Binzi and Snake did have a huge part in this, um, Binzi in particular, but yeah, they were basically sitting courtside for this when it all happened and they were mic'd up as well. So there's definitely going to be some of uh, their reaction and innuendo in the show. Thank God. You were starting to sound like the WSL there for a minute. <laughs> basically, if you haven't already, I could not encourage you more to watch with us tomorrow. It's going to be at 6 p.m. Uh, California time on Thursday and that's 11 a.m. Friday in Sydney and I think 9 a.m. Friday in Perth or Margaret River. Um, so yeah, you can basically get tickets at surf100.tv. That's a website. And if you cannot afford a ticket, we, we don't want to, you know, prohibit you from watching. So feel free to shoot me a text message directly and I will get you a free code. The number is 760-309-7221. Um, yeah, so shoot me a text and I will get you a ticket to the show. Um, um, but yeah, it looks really cool. I mean, from from a, you know, an outsider's perspective, like it's so evenly matched. All those guys are so well tuned in out there. And it's such a good, um, such a good cast. Um, obviously, it's Jay Davies, Jack Robinson, Jacob Wilcox, and Kale Walsh. Um, I mean, if you're a surf fan, you probably shouldn't need any introduction on all those guys. They're all top shelf, and particularly in West Oz. So, 
yeah, it's going to be awesome to see who's who's king of the throne. And I think the the cool thing about this is that you have that regular surf kind of session where you kind of know who who wins the session. But then getting to watch this back, you also get the public vote as well. So you kind of yeah, the session ends up getting two different perspectives over it. Yeah, and that was the thing too. Um, like with the lowers event, I had a fairly clear winner. And of course, he ended up actually losing <laughs> when the public vote came to pass, um, which was interesting and cool. And uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. But with this one, like, I'm pretty much completely at a loss. Like, these guys all put up like really, really, really high scores, I thought. And I could definitely not call a clear winner. So I would imagine the internet is going to have some fun with it as well. Yeah. Um... Do you make any, uh, did you obviously have a wave where you set the scale again? Yeah, we're going to have a wave where we set the scale that will sit in this kind of like feature that goes before the event runs. Okay, cool. And, uh, and a real question, because I think I might fall into this bracket. I don't know if I can watch it at 11 o'clock on Friday. Um, if, you know, obviously I buy it, is it available the next morning or when is it available to watch back again? It's available as soon as our video team can basically get the raw video file and upload it to the video on demand service, which this is only our second time doing this. So we don't really like have quite all the info on that, but I would imagine within like 24 to 36 hours, it will be up. I hope that that's the case, but yeah, yeah you can watch it after the fact, but it's going to have to be a little bit after the fact because yeah, it just takes a bit of a little elbow grease to get it up yeah 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 perfect yeah well looking forward to it can't wait for it to come around i'm uh i'm actually due to be uh doing a um uh, a surf camp uh through surfing australia with the great mark richards uh it's a, it's a yearly camp or it might even be biannually actually that surfing australia do the mr camp with australia's best uh best juniors and um Look, I'd love to say I can just jump in that. It's a Zoom call these days um, and chuck it on mute and, and have the TV going in the background. But I wouldn't dare want to disrespect the king like that. So I think I'm going to have to um, buy it and let it sit and perhaps watch it either Saturday or Sunday morning over oh. a coffee. No, you're thinking about this all wrong. You just got to tell Mark that this is what's going on and that's got to be the fucking class that day. That's what I, I have said that. Um, so we'll see. I'm going to have it ready. Maybe I've, I've learned how to use Zoom pretty well. So maybe I can share my screen and, uh, you know, everyone can yeah. get around it. Oh, the kids <laughs> are trying to learn about surfing, man. There's no, there's no better source. Yeah, I might have to get you to write an email, sort of like a teacher's note. Get me out of class. Um, but no, yeah, it should be pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how that goes. Maybe we might have fifteen judges in the in the one room. Yes. Yeah. No, that'd be sick. Well, yeah. I mean, now we we flip back over to the other side of the coin, which is uh, live surfing. Uh, we had the Tweed Coast Pro on over the weekend, and um, yeah, there was waves. Uh, I would say um, that once again, the world's best. They they made it look really good. Um, did you get to uh, watch much of it yourself, Mikey? To be honest, no. Um, you know, I'm, I'm finally getting settled back on the East Coast and kind of just catching up with, you know, 
family and stuff like that. So this weekend I was busy doing some family stuff for the most part. I, I pretty much missed the first day entirely. And then I caught probably the semis and finals on the last day and a little bit of the quarters here and there, but I was definitely not the astute observer that I typically am, um, unfortunately. So, uh, but I did get a bit of it. it. There were some interesting moments, namely in, to me, the two surfers that actually sparked intrigue were uh, Ethan Ewing and Jack Robinson. Um, but, oh, and Sally Fitz, can't leave her out either. She deserves a major mention. Um, but yeah, I didn't catch too much of it. But, you know, I was, uh, I was not disappointed with what I saw. Obviously, the waves weren't great, but the surfing seemed to be really good. Yeah, it's um, the Cabarita Headland part of the coast is not notoriously the, the most high-performance wave. So, yeah, like I said, I thought the gang did, did really well there. Uh, the most famous surfer to come out of there in recent years made his career going left into the headland, and that's, uh, that's Chipper Wilson. So that wasn't what was on offer today. It was kind of, well, last over the weekend, sorry, it was more of a, a, a mushy right. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> Ethan, that's he kind of grew up surfing that shit. Like he's he's got a beach where he's from that's um, kind of looks identical to that on, on a similar swell. And um, yeah, I, obviously I wanted to congratulate him on his win, but I also wanted to add to the fact that winning events is hard, and I think a lot of us we just expect him to win, but actually doing it is really difficult. And like he's consistently put up the best free surf clips at events for the last probably at least 18 months. Um, and we all thought, oh, he's going to win this one. Yeah, he'll win this one. He'll win this one. So it was finally happened for him and it was, and it was so good to see. But um, yeah, I was a little disappointed at some of the comments online and, and stuff. And, and even at the event, like it was just like a shooing, like it was just going to happen. He had to beat some really good guys. And uh, the, the draw, even though it was condensed and it was only Aussies and Matty McGivoray, it was some supreme talent and everyone looked pretty fired up and, looked like they'd used the break well to, to refine their acts. And it was, it was pretty high performance considering uh, the, the conditions, I thought. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, yeah, to your point, like there's, there's such a big psychological aspect to it, you know, like we all, I mean, somebody in the stab staff, Dill Roberts is claiming uh, Ethan is the best surfer in the world right now. And, you know, I don't necessarily think he's wrong. Like the, the way that Ethan is putting his surfboard through the water in particular, like obviously he's not psycho air guy like Italo or anything like that. But yeah, just the way that he drives his surfboard through the water. Like, I don't know if anybody's doing that better at, at this particular moment. Um, but to your point, you know, that does not a competitive champion make. So uh, yeah, it seems he's done a ton of work, you know, both on his surfing and probably on his mental game. I don't know, maybe you can speak more to that. Like if, if he's been training with a particular coach or. Um, look, I, I think his, his, his physical preparation, I think he generally takes care of himself. He's got a pretty strict, he's got a pretty strict routine, but um, he's worked with snake last year on the tour. And um, I think that would have worked worked really well for his competitive prowess. But in between events, obviously Snake's in WA and Ethan's on the East Coast. So in between events, he'd been working with uh, Phil McNamara, who is obviously uh, Mick Fanning's old coach. And um, uh -oh. that's, who, that's like who's... Trouble. Uh, yeah, that, this is who was on hand to help Ethan over the weekend. And um, 
Ethan's performance was had so much Mick in it. How um, look, Mick wasn't great in three man heats. He'd he'd always typically you know that middle round in an event wasn't his best one. He wouldn't always win it, but he'd always put in his best performance in the final. And that's in a shortened draw. That's kind of how Ethan's event looked, and it's just so funny because that's how Mick's events always used to look. Um, lose the three mana and then just wax everyone quarter semi-final and leave the highest score of his event to the final, which is exactly what Ethan did and is not a bad way to perform. So, yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily uh, inside information, but, yeah, that's kind of what's uh, what's been going on for Ethan behind the scenes. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds scary for everybody else that he's working with. Oh, yeah. with him, man. Holy shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, when, like – yeah, watching him and, and watching Jack Robinson, you really felt like you were watching two future like champions of surfing. Like they just looked so freaking dialed in and focused and it was just fun to watch. Like and I think that there's been a lot of talk about, oh, you know, who's gonna carry the torch for Australia? Like it feels like you guys have been in a bit of a, a slump, at least like that's like the perception. And um I think that you guys have so much to look forward to in the next 10 years with just these two surfers alone. And maybe there are a few others too, but yeah, to me, these are the two guys that like really stand a chance to be world beaters. Yeah. Yeah. They're really going to, um, really going to be awesome to watch in uh, any kind of tour, no matter what it is, just because they're both so determined. I mean, I think you made this point in a message we had the other day, like Jack Robbo's moved from, the best part of the world for waves at the moment. North Point was firing again the other day uh, to the east coast of Australia in spring, which is typically shithouse, um, to no doubt refine his craft in the, in the waves where he needs to. And that's so reminiscent of like someone like John John or, or any of these other past champions that they go, they go and seek to improve on their weakness. Um, you know, John John's notorious for coming to the Gold Coast and not picking a swell. Coming the day or two after there's been a swell because that's where he knows he needs to improve. He doesn't need to improve when the waves get good. And I think Jack Robbo's in the same boat there. So to see him over here and super fired up and like taking it to Julian and a two foot rampy, windy right was, you know, it was a good sign of, of where his... Um, where his determination is at and it's it's, it's good to see because yeah you'd hate to see all that talent go to waste and then on the women's side first of all let's talk about sally and her air um i'm calling criminally underscored what are your thoughts yeah i had a bit of a car park blow up with uh Pratamo after that one um which is again felt fun it was good to be back on the tools um his way of justifying it is I can't really disagree with it. Like in the scale of the heat, it, the score was sat right there. Um, to me, I, I agree with him on that. Tyler wins that heat on two waves. There's no doubt about that. But I, I just kind of I had to make him aware of his responsibility as a judge and the head judge of the sport that sometimes there's there's waves that happen where you have to, I feel it's the right thing for the sport to encourage it. And to only give that wave a, a seven, six to me, isn't encouraging. It's not saying to the next crop coming through or even to the current crop, 
hey, this is what we we want to see. They, they've just kind of gone, you know what, that was cool, but don't really worry about it. We'd rather go and see you do two turns that you've done your whole career. Um, to me, the air that Sally did was something that you could really improve on on a bigger section. And if that air got any higher, she would still be able to do the same thing and, and I think land it. She looked really locked in. Previously in the women's CT in heats, all the airs that have been done that I can remember, they've been pretty poor. They haven't really been great technique. Um, they've sort of most of the time grabbing the rail before they even leave the water. Um, so to see her do that, I thought she did that pretty well. Granted, some of the younger girls, uh, you know, Molly, Sierra, Aaron Brooks, um, Sky Brown, like on oh, that Katie Simmons girl, she's nuts. What they're doing in Waco is crazy, but that's a different kettle of fish. To do it in the ocean in the heat, I think we wouldn't have hurt to give it a higher score and say, hey, that's excellent surfing. This is what we want to see. Also, yeah. too, Sally actually went and caught up with Patamo after and was said, Patamo said she was cool and she was fine. And, like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I just think, fuck, just give it an excellent score. Give it an 8.5 or an 8. Like, just send the message. Because at the moment, I don't think they're really sending the message. So, no one was really blown up at the event. But certainly, I think after it, I'm blown up. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same. Um, and what's really impressive to me, too, is that, you know, Sally is like a veteran. She's been on tour for, I don't have the stats here, but I would imagine well over 10 years. Yeah, and, I think like 12 or something. And it's just, it's harder to learn these things once you're past a certain age. You know, it's like trying to learn a different language. You're so much more, your mind is so much more adaptable when you're young. And that's why, you know, we see basically young girls doing the best airs of any women in the world. And like you said, granted, most of them are in the pool, but it's still like, yeah, it's just for her to go out at, I'm not exactly sure how old she is, um, but you know, I would imagine pretty close to 30 if, yeah, or whatever. Um, and to put the time in and, you know, really get to a point where you are like technically mastering that maneuver, which I think she proved that she has with the last one that she did. Yeah. It's just really, really impressive. And like you said, I think that it should be encouraged because if not this next wave of girls coming up that can do airs are just going to be stomping <laughs> these women when it comes to at least this type of surfing and these types of waves. Like, uh, you know, if you could go out there as a woman and be stomping like little no nose picks and stuff and, you know, no finners and whatever, like Jack Robinson did, you'd be untouchable out there. Like it wouldn't even mm. be a contest. So yeah, I, I, I thought it was an amazing air. Um, you know, probably like you said, the best air done by a female in an ocean competition and yeah it needs to get higher than a seven it just does hmm. i think sylvana lima did one in the quickie pro a couple of years ago i'm well, not a couple it's like five years ago and that got a 10 she had a few yeah. turns after it but that's because it's snapper you're going to get a few sections in the wave so i don't feel really feel like the progression's uh gone the way that it could and I think this is the starting point. So, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see how it goes. But, um, yeah, on that, I actually invited Patamo on the show. Do we call it a show? What even is this, a podcast? Um, uh, he politely declined. Um, I kind of tried to bait him and said that, oh, you know, Richie would have done it, but it didn't work. So, yeah, Patamo's <laughs> not coming on. But, uh, yeah, get APA if you're listening. Um, 
there was a lot of folk actually around the event that were uh, giving us some good feedback. So that was um, delightful to hear. Uh, one guest in particular, sorry, one not guest, definitely not a guest. Uh, one person in particular listened to us on the way up, actually. He listened to our Kolohe podcast and he, he really enjoyed that. Um, but unfortunately, uh, you didn't have the kindest words to say about him during the event. Did you, did you want to shed some light on who this person might be? Yeah, so I got uh, I got called out on Instagram by by Ace Bucking, um, and you know I first of all I think that that's awesome one that he reads and cares and two that he is willing to to push back on something that he thinks is unjust and you know I basically I have this platform where I can share whatever bullshit opinion I have and. I think it's important that people are able to basically say, no, that's fucking stupid and hit back at me. And I'm, I'm more than open to that. Um, so yeah, Ace said, uh, or here, I guess I should start with what I said. Basically in the event, I remember the commentators talking about how, you know, they really enjoyed the slim down format and that, you know, it's really conducive this, this two-day event thing is great and that basically all the surfers in the um you know the competitor zone felt the same and i basically wrote something along the lines of yeah i'm sure everybody that's in this event felt really good about it but in my mind this is a format that needs to transition over to like the actual ct and to have 12 men and 12 women competing in ct events you're going to lose a significant portion of the people who have, you know, made a career out of sitting in those, you know, 14 to 20 rankings, which is basically ace bucking in the past. Yeah, this was, this was a preview, wasn't it? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like I, I went back and looked at it and ace has sat between 14 and 19 between 2011 and 2019 on the rankings, which to me is fucking incredible in and of itself that you can be that consistently like, you know, like holding on to your spot. Um, it, I, you talk about it all the time, how hard getting in that top 20 is and anything, you know, below that cut line is just like really, really incredible. And yeah, basically the fact that Ace is like holding strong for almost a decade in that little bubble of guys who are not in the elite elite, but still manages to get there every year. It's fucking incredible. But that said, you know, if the tour needs to get cut down, which I truly believe that it does, someone like him is probably not going to be on that list at the end of the day. Um, you know, and not to mention that too, he's, he's been on shore for a really long time, you know, like he's getting a bit older and, um, you know, if he had to try to requalify through the QS, I think he, it's possible that he could do it. But now the talent's just so young and spry that it might be difficult for him to compete with the aerialists. And yeah, basically, I made the point that, um, you know, the surfers were happy to be in this event and have this this condensed format. But I don't know if they'd all be so happy uh, if this was put on a world stage and they were actually competing with people across international borders because they might not make that list at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, that was basically the, uh, the origin of it. And Ace called me out and um, basically, I think he, he was actually, he was more upset about two things. He was all, one more upset that I included a young female surfer in that conversation being Macy Callahan, who 
has also been on tour for the past couple of years, but has basically been on the back half of that tour. Um, and he was also mad that my criticism was in no way constructive, which is, I, I have to give him that. I think that that's something that, that I need to always be cognizant of is, you know, am I just taking kind of a, a cheap shot at someone or am I actually trying to make a bigger point and elevate people and surfing as a concept? So I think Ace is totally right in that regard. And I need to work on that, you know, as a writer, it's, uh, it's really easy to just kind of like poke at people, but it takes a lot more intelligent and conscious thought to say, okay, what am I actually saying here and what do I want to achieve? So, yeah, I guess that's where I stand on that. Oh, it's an, it's an interesting one. I think that um, there's kind of two sides of that coin. I, I think um, I do think surfing is a little precious in that sense, in, as far as outside feedback is concerned or, or criticism, albeit without any construction to it. Um, I highly doubt if you did put some construction uh, constructive criticism in there um, that someone like Ace would even listen. So I don't really see that's going to be a valid kind of point. <laughs> I mean, that's just being honest. Like, fuck, this guy's been on tour. You know what I mean? Like, we, he's not even in our league. If either of us said something, like, I'd be like, fucking shut up, idiot. <laughs> but anyway, that's just my thought on that. I think that as a, as a whole, surfing is really precious. Um, and I, I think that others, we can take a leaf out of other sports and that it almost encourages sort of that viewership if there is kind of that um, external banter between other people and differing opinions because that's kind of what the hype creates, right, is that we all disagree or we agree and whether or not it, it really matters at the end of the day, we're talking about it. And sometimes I think we take it a little too personally and um, I, I, I wish to see kind of more of it in the future because I think the more of it, the better. And um, yeah, like I said, it's just a, it's another avenue of everyone talking about it. And I really don't think the pros um, haven't got anything to worry about. They're far better at their jobs than, than, than we are ever doing their job. So we'll just sit on the sideline and, and make our little, you know, comments between mates, which is maybe I'm being a little blase about it. Stab's got a pretty big platform. So I do understand what he means there with you taking some responsibility, but I do think at the end of the day, we could all have a bit more free range. I look, yeah, like I said, other professional sports go a lot harder on their athletes. So yeah, maybe, maybe that'll happen with, uh, with, with uh, things to come. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out in the future. Hopefully we have a tour to talk about, but um, yeah, hopefully Ace still tunes in. If you tune into this one, g'day Ace. Good to see you, mate. And I uh, hope you got home safely on that, on, 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 on criticism and, and, and commenting on other people. It'd be remiss of us to not bring up um, young Tyler Wright's performance. Congratulations on the win there, Tyler. Um, don't think she listens to the show, but um, she had a moment in her campaign um, bringing attention to um, black deaths in custody in Australia, in which there have been 439 of since 1991. So Tyler, just before a round one heat, um, took a knee uh in in a in a, in a stand of uh, solid solidarity with um the indigenous community in australia and um yeah overall um thought it was pretty well received but um there was definitely some interesting um comments getting thrown around the, the wsl's page as well as her page um did you did you get to see that go down at all yeah um i did yeah you know 
I saw a lot of negativity on the WSL's um, basically praise of Tyler for doing that. And yeah, I guess, you know, we just, this is like the most cliche statement ever, ever, but we just live in such divisive times right now. Like it's, it's, it's zero or a hundred. Like you're either fucking full blown, like, no, everything that the left does, the quote unquote left does is fucking terrible. Or, you know, the left is outraged over whatever the right is doing. And yeah, I think that it doesn't allow people to look at these sorts of topics with a clear head. They just feel like they have to put themselves in one of the camps and that then they basically go and make these incredibly fucking mental gymnastic arguments against it. Like the whole Black Lives Matter thing, you know, people are upset because the, the you know, two of the founders of Black Lives Matter have a background in Marxism. And it's like, okay, that's true. But these are two people who are talking about a topic that extends to an incredibly large portion of humanity. You know, this, this isn't about some, some niche political thing that they're doing at home. This is about uh, a group of people who have been systemically basically undermined by, you know, white society. And fuck, like, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff, but I think we can all see um, the disparity between how people of color and white people are treated and, you know, have the different power dynamics throughout the world. And yeah, I think that Tyler's statement is just, you know, a nod to that and that in a perfect world, we would want to reach, you know, a point of more equality. And I think that it's really important that someone in her position takes a stand on a topic like this. And I think that anybody who is basically chastising her for it is either like genuinely racist themselves or they just don't understand it and they're being fueled by these, the kind of this misinformation that seems to thrive online. So yeah, it's a bit sad that that's the world that we live in right now. But um, yeah, I guess all we can do is offer some praise to Tyler and hope that more surfers, you know, follow in her footsteps. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think it's awesome when people use their platform to, uh, ultimately for the better right like her, her intentions are quite clear and i think that they come from a good place and um i think that should be um you know applauded there, there is definitely I, I i try not to get uh i know where i stand on it i, I try to make you know daily decisions uh, and daily actions that um f for the better and I, i'd like to think my friends and family would be able to back me up on that and you have these sort of people in, in higher places that can have these huge effects but there's also stuff that you, people can do every day that have a positive effect. So I would just urge everyone to, to do that and not get too washed up in all the bullshit. But certainly um, there's one line of comment across all action sports at the moment. Um, you know, I've got a few friends in, in all kind of areas, surfing, skateboarding, snowboarding. And if any one of them takes a political stand against anything, whether they're deemed to be batshit crazy or not that the, the same comment keeps re re repeating itself and that, that all these action sports aren't political you know surfing is not political leave politics out of surfing and i just can't stomach that one um no matter what the subject surfing is political and if you don't think that 
you need to go and pick up a history book or you just you, you, you're too ignorant and you don't get it um well, that's yeah, where back it was to, I mean, born that's where, it was, where we were all born right like yeah and you look at tom carroll with the south african thing you know during mm. the apartheid times and he said no i'm not going to go compete over there mm. and uh yeah i mean maybe at, maybe at that time people were super anti-tom for that as well but i think he's mm. come through history kind of smelling like a rose on that one 100 percent. tom tom carroll tom Curran, shane haran they all did that um and yeah exactly I mean, the greatest version of that's Muhammad Ali. I know it's boxing's not surfing, but it's crazy what you, people get judged for in the moment. And then in time, they look back on and they're, you know, they're heroes. So, yeah, I hope um, Tyler didn't read into the negativity too much. And I don't think she would have. Um, and I think, yeah, I think what she did was, um, was, was amazing. Yeah, so... Uh... Any other points? It was the biggest event of the. It was the biggest event of the event, really. Yeah, it certainly is the one that garnered the most attention and yeah, the subpar surf. It was a good boost yeah. to that event that it needed for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, further to that, there there are there are you know I just wanted to shine some some light on um, some some good happenings around the country that have happened for the last couple of years and even the last couple of decades and. Um, look, I'll be the first to admit there's, there's probably not as many indigenous surfers in the water as what I would expect in this country, but there are a few really good people around, around the country doing good things. And, um, you know, starting in our own backyard, that's the Jurakai mob in, uh, in Fingal with what they're doing down there. Um, it's amazing. And you're seeing, you're seeing the results of that in surfers, you know, from a beginner all the way up to a young professional level, and um, young Lumi Slab is is a great example of that. He's um, local Indigenous surfer who's probably the first surfer since Dale Richards to really get out behind the rocket snapper and and start sort of holding themselves down. Before that was Rory Togo, and then down the coast there's there's the Nauru Surf Gathering there around Coffs Harbour. They're doing great things, and then Surf and Victoria have been running the Indigenous Surf Program down there for over 20 years um they've actually got the biggest indigenous program outside of the afl um in this country so there's plenty of good things going on so I, I'd, I'd urge anyone they're looking to you know support or get around um that a bit more that there's there's a few few places there you can you know direct your positive attention if you're wondering what you can do yeah that's good info thank you um cool well i guess uh the cusp is now political too yeah we're gonna to have to do a swellians x cusp um collab yeah do you think we're gonna get uh some outrage from our listeners who prefer that surfing stays anti-political um no i've got faith that everyone we speak to already understands and they're they're telling us to wrap it up because they they get it <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, I wanted to give one last shout out, shout out actually while I, was, while I was on it. You, you didn't get to listen to much of the event and neither did I because when you're at the events, you, you don't listen to the webcast. Um, but there was a few moments where I was either getting lunch or away from the event and I'd chuck the webcast on. And um, there was a bit of a new commentary team um, of which I thought best on ground went to uh, young Luke Munro. Um, 
he's a, a former world tour surfer if anyone doesn't know and he, he currently works for channel seven doing the surf and weather reports and um they obviously needed some extra talent given that you know not everyone can travel at the moment so he got the call up and yeah i thought he was a real breath of breath of fresh air to um to that commentary team um along with him and uh, laura enova i thought they did a, they did a great job so i'll be interested to see if they're they get the call up for Stratty. Um, Laura probably won't because she lives in Sydney, but Luke lives in Crumbin and can get to the event. So, yeah, not sure if he's interested to do another one, but um, yeah, I thought he was. Um, I thought he was really good. Yeah, there were <laughs> of the the little bit of the event that I did watch. I did catch some like pretty funny commentary moments actually. Um, the first one was with I think it was Ronnie, and uh, it was after the Tyler and Steph final and sorry it was after the do you drink coffee are you one of those weird blokes who doesn't drink coffee yeah I don't drink coffee you don't drink coffee (laughs) fuck I knew I knew one of those freaks (laughs) yeah sorry um so it was after the Tyler and Steph final and Tyler had already gone in and Steph was making her way in slowly but surely and she was basically greeted at, you know, the water by, or actually, I don't even know if she was greeted by or if they were just nearby or whatever, but, um, you know, Ronnie's like, oh, here's, here's Steph being, um, you know, congratulated by a small group of fans. And I was just thinking how funny it is that like in the pre-COVID era, that same, you know, objectively small group of fans would have been called like numerous and rabid and all these other Joe Terpelisms. <laughs> like just the, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just, it just reminded me of the, the really funny ways in which COVID has affected our world. Like it's basically forced the WSL to rebrand the size of crowds because they obviously can't have big crowds on hand. Um, so to me, that was pretty funny. And then um, another one that, uh, was also kind of funny to me is that they called this a strike mission event, which, you know, I don't know if that's how uh, they should, they should be branding waves that are two foot and mushy. Um, but <laughs> I, I totally get what they're going for with that. And I think it's great that they're putting events on. I just, you know, in, in contrast to surf 100, which we're about to see, like it's, I mean, you know, and we have the Liberty at stab of basically we had like a, in theory all winter in WA to get that day so the constraints on us are significantly fewer than the constraints on the WSL but that being said you know I think that you should just kind of consider how you're how you're branding an event that has subpar surf and then uh, the last one and this is just a fucking stupid personal thing but Jack Robinson on one wave did this, like, I wouldn't even call it an error. It was more of like a nose pick really. And the commentator called it a full rotation. And that is just something that fucking gets under my skin. And Joe Terpel does it all the time as well. But I basically have this personal thing because I can't fucking do a full rotation air reverse. And I've tried for so long and so hard and I just fucking can't do it. That when somebody misrepresents the maneuver, I just have this like, personal angst about it that it's like fuck a full rotation is when you go up in the air spin around and land with your nose facing the beach anything else is you know something else and um, tell you who can do full rotations in the stab office shinya shinya dalby yeah he's psycho 
Psycho. creative director and basically makes everything that you see in surf 100 and all of our other properties fucking pop off the page and he also is fucking popping off the lip like a little spinster yeah. so yeah dill roberts surfs like ethan ewing shinya dalby is like fucking 1999 kelly slater and yeah man good talent we need to do a stab uh surf day i'll, I'll judge it i'm not surfing in it fuck that ego will get bruised you know what i also just saw this clip of shin that was filmed by dylan of him doing this backside finner. I think I'm actually going to throw it up on Stab's Instagram soon. I'm just waiting for Dill to send me the clip, but it's so fucking good. Yes. <laughs> you've, you've gotten some love on the Stab Instagram in the past. I have. My, uh, my new best mate, Ashton Sealegs, he, um, he threw me up once. I was up in the middle of the night feeding my boy, and I got the notification, like, Stab mentioned you in a comment. I was like, oh, someone's tearing like tagging me into it or something da, da, da. and it was on the main vein feed and i was fucking couldn't go back to sleep i was so nervous about the comment section but then i realized that Instagram's kind of pretty friendly so um it wasn't it was you know it was an enjoyable experience in the end but yeah it's bloody nerve-wracking you're gonna kill shin i don't know if he's gonna be able to handle that <laughs> but it needs to happen yeah no, it does. it's cool to like say like this is us you know like for sure yeah we're we're creating all this stuff and we're actual fucking surfers and we live and fucking breathe this every single day and we love it more than anything yeah like at the end of the day we all do this because we fucking love it like yeah you know i'm i'm sure a lot of us could go somewhere else and you know make a bit more money or you know whatever whatever but we just every single come into work and we're excited about what we're making and i don't think that you can put Mm. a price tag on that Nah, nah, for sure. And I think you guys are showing that in these last uh, two ocean events that you've done, they're looking like they're coming together really well. So, yeah. Um, on that, how did your feedback go on your, um, this is getting off topic now, but I guess that's what podcasts are for. You did an article on line, stabmag.com about, now I forget the word, but the word pissed me off. Was it underappraised? unjustly uh, appraised unjustly appraised like you're not talking about fucking real estate um <laughs> unjustly we, we actually are talking about real estate we're talking about basically what fucking stickers people are putting on their surfboards you're talking about men right so they're <laughs> they're you know they're um yeah under appreciated um, how did that go? Did you get some, um, any, any interesting feedback or was everyone just nodding, nodding their heads or? Yeah, no, uh, I, we got a ton of feedback. First of all, there's like something like 350 comments on our Instagram and a bunch on our website. And yeah, it, you know, more than anything, this wasn't us saying like, Oh, here's, you know, the fucking bona fide, like, these are the ones we're right. This is the mm. answer. It, it was more just trying to start a conversation with people about who you know who they think have been mistreated by the surf industrial complex whether that's <laughs> brands or media or the public in general and so the person that i kind of put forth was flynn novak and when you think flynn novak your brain immediately goes to the backflip uh but that is not why flynn is so fascinating and endearing to me um to me he's got one of the most fucking corrosive 
forehand carves in all of surfing. And I think that that's gone somehow completely under the radar, even though to me, that's the most widely appreciated art. Um, and then, you know, you put the backflip on top of that and he's fucking killer at pipe. And yeah, he's just, gonna, gotten, like, I got a clip of him on my laptop that I'm just like, I know exactly where it is of him in this massive pipe cave that I probably should have sent you for the article, but I just kind of thought I'd keep it because I'm weird like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, he's got a really wide variety of skills. That's for sure. Um, I, I just wanted to throw one in there. Um, did Kalani David get a mention anywhere along the line? He was in a few comments. Yeah, he was. Okay, good, good. Cause um, he might have one of the best air styles I've ever seen on a surfboard. Yeah kind of like how John John has that surf skate style. Like Kalani has that even more, I think. Um, he's had some, you know, personal challenges that he's had to overcome, which I'm really happy to see he has. And he's fit and healthy and everything. And his surfing um, is right there as well. And same again, an incredible tube rider. And man, that kid's airs are unbelievable. He properly, kind of like how Karen had that air in the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Mitch Parkinson's another one too, like around home. Mm. He's he's fucking tapped, but he doesn't yeah. have a sticker on his board. He's really good. Yeah, he's he's really good. Like he should definitely have like a Mad Hui sticker on his board or something. Like getting what's been, some fucking some beer money or something. What's been the holdup? Like what what do you think holds him back? Jeez, um, I don't know. Maybe it could it, like we mentioned with um, Mackenzie Bowden, like might just be the communication thing you know there's there's a certain element um i think of um you know being able to self-manage is 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 uh is a delicate one like unless you're a superstar kid on six figures from an early age like people aren't just gonna help you for free um they, they you know we all as like the older boys in the community or whatever like try to help out the younger generation where we can but you can't be there every step of the way. Um, so that's where I think, you know, I don't, I don't really know with Mitch for certain what it could have been, but that would be a, an educated guess of mine. Like he was kind of just on that generation where surfing was booming and a lot of people were getting things done for them. So, um, you know, maybe he felt like he didn't have to kind of have hard conversations or, or do his own brokering of deals and that. Maybe he thought it might just happen. I think a lot of people fall into that trap. Um, you've definitely got to go and get it. It's not just going to fall in your lap. Um, so, yeah, maybe that, that was the case there. Um, actually, I'm full of good news this evening. Um, you're a big fan of Mackenzie Bowden. Yeah, yep. Mate, he's hotter than John John. <laughs> he's got a bidding war going on over him at the moment. You're kidding. Yeah. Um, I won't break the news just yet because I am... Uh, I'm a man who likes to um, wait until the deals are done, but I can say that uh, it's looking positive. Wow. Is he going to be able to, you know, have like a, a career? Does it seem like, like, you know, strictly surfing? Is he gonna- straight, straight off the bat, he will still have to supplement his, um, his surf career with real labor. Um, it's not hard backbreaking labor. He's actually got a pretty good job at the moment, but um it's looking like it could be a slow wean off the teat of society of the nine to five and straight into uh, influencer slash surfers lifestyle um, in this sort of one to five year plan. So 
yeah, um, you know, he's 23. He's not a spring chicken. So, you know, he's got some, um, some hills he's going to have to run up pretty quick. But, um, yeah, if he can put his head down the next couple of years, I think he's going to do pretty well. Do you think that uh, any of that has to do with cuts? Did we prop him up a little bit in the eyes of the mm, industry? Yeah, sure. Why not? Fuck it. Claim it. <laughs> All right. So we'll take, what, 10%? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll be fucking loaded. <laughs> that, that'll be our first sponsor. Oh, you know what? Sorry. You just made me think again. Um, uh, back to the kind of unjustly appraised thing and the McKenzie thing. Um, I was talking to Cam Richards yesterday in the water and another person who is like such a good example of like an unjustly appraised surfer and what cam said is basically somebody you know who was like before their time is sterling spencer oh, can yeah. you imagine if sterling spencer came up in the age of fucking instagram and youtube he would be one of the most famous surfers in the world he's like one of the most creative fucking geniuses in surfing yeah. And he was just like a little bit before his time, really before like being a personality was everything. Mm, totally. Yeah. Like that's what all, I mean, not all, but a lot of the surf brands are really striving for at the moment. They have, they have their, uh, you know, call it performance team, they have their F1 team, but so many of them are just screaming out for personality, which is kind of funny because that's what all surfing used to be. Yeah. But maybe the internet age kind of killed that because people went into their shells because they didn't want to be seen to be how like loose and crazy it all was. Yep. So maybe the internet is to it, it helped and then it's also to blame. All right. But yeah, well, Sterling Spencer ship like the, the the bits and that that you did see of it over the years when he put out videos was just hilarious. All right. Well, I think that's uh that's it, Stace. I think we covered it all, right? Is yeah, we think, think we did. Yeah. Remember to uh, yeah, fucking get your get your Surf One Hundred tickets. Again, if you can't afford it, you can just shoot me a text at uh, what's my number again? Seven six zero three zero nine seven two two one. Sounds good. Can't wait to watch. All right, Stacy. Well, uh, I will talk to you very soon. Hope you have a good evening, and uh, yeah, catch you next time. Thanks, Maggie. See you, mate.